I'm Brock Gunderklein, and I'm a fourth year. I'm Samita Tapa, and I'm a fourth year. And we would like to welcome you to Convo today. Uh, we're members of what used to be called the MAO Core, but we're now called ICGC, or the Intercultural Core of Goshen College. Uh, the name change followed the Multicultural Affairs Office, evolving into the Center for Intercultural and International Education. We'd like to quickly introduce you to the other four members of ICGC. Uh, we have Tegan Johnson, a second year. And Michelle Salgado, a third year. And Lasan Widrago and Marcel Zugby are also a part of the core, but they could not be here this morning. Um, ICGC's purpose on campus is to foster intercultural understanding at Goshen College. Um, us members at, uh, of IG ICGC felt that this is a necessary convo because uh, when people, uh, when students go out for SST, they get to have a formal opportunity to come back and share about their experiences abroad and how they grew from this um, learning experience. But students who have this opposite experience, who are international students coming into Goshen College, are not given such a formal opportunity as often. So we have four students here, um, international students, uh, with their personal reflection or story um, that has stood out to them from their personal experiences here at Goshen College. But we'd also like to remind you that um, what they express should certainly not be generalized about all international students, but it captures a segment of their personal discoveries here at Goshen College. So we have for our first speaker, Solo from Mongolia, and then um, Adama from Burkina Faso will follow. Okay, my name is Salanga Gunchik-Seren, a.k.a. Solo. <laughs> okay, um, I grew up in a family that cherished and respected education, so learning another language, na another native, other than my native one is a must. So English language is my third language, and um, I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to, lear to learn this undoubtedly global language that connected me with my friends, with my, um, with the world and other wonderful things such as easy traveling around the world. So having the ability of speaking English have led me to have a desire to study in the United States. Before coming to the study in the United States, I had an image about the States from Hollywood movies, watching TV shows and on MTV, listening to American music, and hearing different stories from my relatives who have already visited the States. First, I came to the United States last year as a high school exchange year to prepare myself for independent and for college life. Until then, my experience with the American culture had been everything that I expected, but a little bit of an exaggeration from the movies. I think my true American culture experience had started when I came to Goshen College. In Goshen College campus, I have learned how to be independent, have self-organization, and get along with people from different backgrounds. The Goshen College system seems to allow free spirit along with the communication we have with the teachers. At the first time, it seemed really absurd and crossing the lines of respect, but I learned that that lets to express yourself, which is really important in education. Of course, I've had some cultural shocks. My roommate Kirsten is still a big time cultural shock to me. So, 
Um, I was shocked how people smile all the time. I noticed that Americans smile at you when they pass by you, if, in, if they make eye contact, or even when they don't know you, or you don't even know them. Oh, if it was in my country, people would be like, did she escape from a psychiatric hospital? Or what is she doing here? So now the biggest thing that shocks me or still shock, um, shocked me is the spirit of individualism of the American people. In my opinion, there are both good and bad sides to it. On the positive note, most American parents seem to expect their children to work, earn some cash, and pay their basic bills. Upon graduation from college, the children is expected to leave out of their house and live independently, both emotionally and financially. In a way, it is a good practice because it teaches the children to be independent, be responsible for their actions and mistakes. On the other hand, to get a taste of real life for an early on something that we Mongolian students lack back home. On the other hand, such detachment from their childhood homes, parents, and younger siblings seems to damage their precious family bond that makes the children be the people who they are. I heard an American student telling that she didn't feel comfortable bringing her friends over to her house because it was her parents' house, not hers. That sounded a little bit odd and awkward to me because to a person who considers her 6,000 miles away from her childhood home still hers, the place where I grew up and where my people are. And, I've done, and I know that upon my graduation, if I will decide to return back, I would be comfortable bringing my friends over and my parents will really welcome them with open arms. Moving on, the Americans are the biggest consumers I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> Last year, I went to my host family for Black Friday shopping, and I remember I almost got a concussion. It happened in Target while I was walking down the aisles just looking for stuff, and until a woman with a full cart of toys and other things bangs my head with a huge toy car box. At least I was expecting an apology, but the only thing that the lady said was, it's Black Friday, baby. And I thought these people were crazy. Why won't they sleep and buy things during normal day hours? I don't understand them still. During normal times, I noticed that Americans buy things in big bulks that could last them a year, in my opinion, but they go through them so fast. It can be applied to anything, food, school supplies, um, cleaning supplies, and etc. I have read somewhere that uh, Asians tend to be hoard. I'm not sure how true that is, how a big hoarder I am, but certainly I know that there are some things that you can reuse, but using them carefully. However, that doesn't really seem a big tendency in this country. So overall, I'm really happy that I have chosen to come to the United States and study and meet really amazing people. So I'm only a freshman here, so hopefully by my senior year, I'll be like, oh, push, it's Black Friday, baby. <laughs> Thank you so much. Good morning. Um, my name is Adama Milogo. I am a Fulbright student transferred from University of Ouagadougou, which is in Burkina Faso. I've been here for a year and six months. Um, when I was asked to share my cultural experience in chapel, I didn't know where to start with because I've been here for more than a year and every single day has been a cultural experience for me. 
I could spend the whole day talking about my cultural experience, and I would not even cover everything. I could talk about the snow, for example. In my mother tongue, we do not have a word for the snow. I could talk about technology. Back home, my teachers never used PowerPoint in class. And when I got my first computer here, I had to learn how to locate some keys on my computer keyboard. So I could talk about many things, but have decided to talk about gays and lesbians. Before I left Burkina Faso, we had an orientation session, and I learned about some of the challenges I would have to go through concerning the language, concerning technology, the weather, the food, but nobody told me anything about gays and lesbians. And I remember a friend uh, telling me in the Rackford Center that he heard I was going to talk about gays and lesbians, and he advised I should be careful. <laughs> it reminded me that the concept of gay and lesbian is something people do not talk about, people avoid. And I wonder how you can learn about something people do not talk about. I remember one day I was walking on 8th Street with a friend. It was at night and we were on our way back to the college from a party. We got to a point and he tells me, Adama, Adama, look, do you see them? I looked left and could see two people kissing. My response was automatic, come on dude, have you ever seen people kissing? Then he tells me, they are gays. I looked again, my friend was right. A man was kissing another man, and that was something I don't know culturally. And I don't know how I felt that day, I don't know whether I was shocked or confused, but I was, it was like, you don't know how to swim if somebody pushes you into a swimming pool. And I was like, dude, let's go home quickly. And when I got home, I tried to think about it, and my mind was telling me, don't think about it. And I was like, oh. And I told myself that maybe if Americans also go to Burkina Faso, they will see things they won't like, and they will think it's not moral. So instead of judging, I wanted to know. I wanted to understand it. In Burkina Faso, the concept of gay and lesbian is something we do not positively acknowledge and we do not talk about. People from my culture can't imagine a man falling in love with a man. They can't imagine a girl having a love affair with another girl. People from my culture cannot imagine people of the same sex having sex. They won't think about it. They will not even talk about it. Not because they are bad, no, but it's something we don't know culturally. And I wasn't, I wasn't informed when I came. I ran into it like this. I remember one day I met a student. She was pretty, she was really attractive. Beautiful eyes, a beautiful neck, and everything else I like in a girl. I had to talk to her. 
I approach her, we talk. The conversation is flowing, we smile, we laugh. And I feel it's the right moment to make the next move, which is to ask her out. Then I go, you know what, I enjoy the conversation. I think I am attracted to you and I would like to get to know you better. So I was wondering whether we could meet again for a cup of tea, a cup of coffee or dinner. What do you think? Then she tells me she is sorry, but she doesn't like men. I was like, whoa, what does that mean? I, I remember her words sounding on my head like on a drum. I was like, what does that mean? Does she not like me or what? What do you mean by that? Then she tells me she's not attracted to men. I was like, oh, like a lesbian? She says, yes. I was like, interesting. Actually, <laughs> actually, you are the very first lesbian I met in my entire life. And I always wondered how it is to be gay or lesbian. I wanted to understand it. I wanted to see it from a different perspective. I would ask people what they think, even if sometimes that sounds awkward, and I ask her questions. The conversation that followed was a long one, but a very interesting one. Then she told me how hard it is to be in her situation. I felt sorry for her, and I wish she had an easier life. Girls avoid her because they're afraid that she might end up wanting them. Boys avoid her because when they learn that she's a lesbian, they no longer want to hang out with her. Some churches do not accept her. She also told me how her parents, uh, her parents feel about it. Sometimes she feels, <clears throat> sorry, <laughs> sometimes she feels lonely and sometimes she cries. I was, I was sad, but in my mind, I was thinking of how happy I would be to date her if she weren't a lesbian. <laughs> but I'm very glad that she shared her story with me. It helped me understand a little bit. People do not talk about it, and it's a cultural thing. You run into it without knowing, and sometimes it's not it's not easy to process it. So this is what I had to share as my biggest cultural thing I had to go through here. And I hope you liked it. I do not judge, and please do not judge Burkina Bays. It's cultural, and cultures have to understand each other without judging. Thank you so much. Our next speaker is Jan from Germany, and then last but not least, we'll hear from Johan from India. Crazy Superbowl yesterday, right? Anybody else want to have a football team in Goshen? Uh, I do. You know what, um, I have no idea about football, you know, I don't know the rules, I don't know any players, I don't know any teams, but I had a great experience yesterday. I was just sitting with my friends, drinking <coughs> apple juice, eating pizza, <laughs> and we just enjoyed 
<laughs> we in. And I just had friends explain the rules to me. You know, I learned something about the American culture. That's basically American holiday. And um, actually, the American holiday is tomorrow. A lot of people will take off today, but you know. Um, I had a great experience, and I learned a lot about the American culture. And that's what I'm thankful for. That's what I came here, because I want to know more about this culture. My name is Jan Savatsky. I'm a senior business student, and I'm from Berlin, Germany. Uh, I came to Goshen not because of my night. I came to Goshen because uh, I wanted to play basketball here. And when the assistant coach recruited me, he dropped it on the third or fourth uh, email as a side note that Goshen College is aff affiliated with the Mennonite culture. I was like, sure, I'm, I'll Wikipedia it, I'll be fine. So I looked up on Wikipedia what does Mennonite mean, and the basic thing that I remember about it was that Mennonites like Pete and that they have a lot of children. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I can do that. Uh, at, least, <laughs> at least I'll be the strongest fighter on campus. And uh, I will fight a lot of housewives, not as many you know, feminism women as I found at home in Germany. Boy, was I wrong on the second one. <laughs> that was a funny story that I want to share with you. I was sitting in the rod one day for faculty. That's the West Lawn Dining Hall, if you didn't know. <laughs> and... Um, I talked to three female friends of mine, and I was telling them a story about how a player from our team, whose name I'm not going to mention, Thomas Leonard, was playing really, really weak in the, in the recent time. I said it word by word, he was playing like a girl. You know, that's something that we say at home, that's something I heard at home, that's something I heard here, um, that's been said. Nothing negatively, it was not being associated with anything you know, negative or anti-feminist from my side. But after an awkward second, that friend of mine asked me, so what do you mean by saying he acts like a girl? Well, uh, I want to apologize to all the people that I offended here on campus with my bold and honest ways. I never meant to hurt anybody. And uh, yeah, it was definitely different to be here in this culture than I was at home. But you know, that's not the thing that I want to talk about. I want to talk about a phenomenon that I encountered for three years here at Goshen and which kind of worries me and which I want to tell you how I feel about it. Um, this is something that I call the Menno Wall. For three years, I've tried to become a member of this community. For three years, I've been trying to be one of you guys. And for three years, I've bumped my head against this wall and I was not accepted by most of you. And I was feeling kind of like this guy on the video here. <coughs> <laughs> After being rejected for three years, you know, it hurts, it hurts. And um, I learned a lot from my international friends here on campus. You know, last week I asked my friend Mohammed, so how do you guys go about dating in Iran? You know, it's, it's an uncomfortable question for sure. But you don't know how many uncomfortable questions I've been asked about the Nazi Reich, the Third Reich, basically out of Hitler all the time. And I'm happy to share this with you. You know what? Because Goshen College gives me a lot of money because I was born in a different country. So I think it's my responsibility to educate. <laughs> hey, it's true, seriously. I get a lot of money for just being born in Germany. And uh, yeah, no. Some say I deserve it, some say I don't, but you know what? I think it's my responsibility that I educate all of you about my culture and what I know about my culture. So I engaged in a lot of conversation with my international friends 
And I learned to reevaluate my beliefs. I learned to think about, okay, how do we go in a Western culture about dating? How do we go in other cultures about dating? And it made me appreciate the Western culture, Western way about dating way more. And you know, it made me feel stronger about who I was and who I wanted to be. And that's the important point that I want to make. I want to engage, especially the Mennonite students on this campus, to go out of your way and engage in a conversation because this wall is everywhere. I can see this wall right now, right here. About three quarter of this uh, chapel is, is separated, Mennonite students, and over there we have the non-traditional um, non-Mennonite students. And you know what, if I come back here in two or three years, I would love to see this thing mixed up. I'm advocating for a table in the rod, uh, which is called the diversity table, where people just come there for Mennonite, non-Mennonite, and all just sit together and have a conversation together. If you can't really picture what the Menno wall is, if you still don't really believe me, the best example I can give you was last week during kickoff. Um, I'm a senior and the senior class performed on stage. And while I was sitting there enjoying and cheering everybody on, I was thinking, there's no international on the stage. There are all white Mennonites on the stage. And I have nothing you know, against white Mennonites, but I just want to show you how it's hard for people who are not from here to be integrated into that. I was wondering, yeah, why was I not asked why was Mohammed, Lassan, Adaman not asked to be on the stage? I would have loved to perform. And how can we go about this? We can go about this through asking, through going out of your way, asking other people questions and engaging conversation with them. This will not only you know, foster your own culture and help you become who you are, it will also make other people feel more welcome here on campus. And I think that's an important thing to think about. You know, three-month SST, if people go to Peru, Cambodia, is a great thing. But it's nothing compared to the four years that you have here on campus. Goshen College puts about 10% of student population of international students. You know, we're here. Now it's up to you. And I encourage all of you to see those four years that you have here in Goshen as a four-year SST experience, where you can get to know other people for four years and learn about their cultures for four years. Please take my advice serious. Tear down this wall, and to say it with Ronald Reagan's words, dang, I missed it up. <laughs> to say it with Reagan's words, please tear down this wall. And I can promise you, the united Germany is better than a separated Germany back in the days. Thank you. Hello, my name is Johan and I'm a sophomore here at Goshen. Well, what did I think of America when I first came here? I was happy I was coming to the greatest nation on earth. I was sad that I was leaving my family back at home. And I was thrilled that I finally got the privilege to study in the place I heard so much about for the past year. What I think and feel about America is defined by a big variety of experiences. And the most sig significant experience would be the first one. It was something very out of the ordinary. I landed at 11 p.m. in Chicago, and all I wanted to do after a 30-hour flight was to rest and stretch my legs and sleep. But no hotel would let me check in because I was 17 at that time, and so with all the luggage in my hand, I was forced to sleep at the airport. And as I got ready to sleep, this man approached me, and he came by and sat next to me. His name was Derek, and for the next hour, he told me a story about how he was homeless, how he had lost his job because of the recession, and, his, and he lost his family therefore as well. And as he told me his story, he became more hopeful, more determined, and he said everything will be okay, that he'll still try the best in the situation. 
And I was like, wow, how can somebody who's lost everything they have still say that everything will be okay? How can he have the courage to stand about his troubles and tell me the story of hope rather than trying to make some money out of me? And then I thought I caught on to his tricks when he offered to take care of my bags while I slept for the night. I mean, which idiot would leave all of his luggage and everything that he owns in the care of somebody he's just known for one hour? I was that idiot that night, and um, thankfully I made a good decision. When he woke me up in the morning so that I would not be late for my bus, he still had my bags. And then he thanked me, and he left. Derek taught me so much that night. He taught me how motivated and determined people can be here. And I've seen that in people over and over again. It amazed me to see how much students go through to go to college here, how they try to pay their own way through college, how they use loans and grants to do so. In India, that's a really totally different story. Almost all of the students go to college, and it's mostly because of their parents' will, not their own. Parents pay for the college, and even if the students take three extra years to graduate, parents would still sustain them and educate them. It amazed me to see how much if all, how many of you really want to go to college and really want to do something with each of your lives? I realized that America is really the land of opportunity, that people can change their lives on how they see fit, and it usually depends on how much you want it. I realized that here, people know what they want, and they're willing to do whatever they need to get there. This is very admirable. But in this journey to reach our own personal goals, I feel that we sometimes forget the other people on the journey as well. And this is the characteristic that has impacted me the most. One example is a story of one of my friends here and something that he experienced on a Sunday during a group project. So there was one of the group members in his group had to stay a little while longer and try and finish up the project. And my friend offered to stay with him so they could finish faster and make it to the rod before it closes. The next week, my friend had offered the, to the group that he'll stay longer and finish the project so that they could go to lunch. And it surprised him to see that nobody else offered him help. And this made me realize that the next time the group is in a similar situation like this, when they would absolutely need someone to sacrifice their time or their lunch so that they would need to go to lunch, my friend would be less inclined to offer his help. What we have to realize here is that my, the other group members who were really focused on their personal agenda or what they had to do next for the day forgot my friend. In the same way, we often forget, forget other people on this journey where we have to reach our own personal goals. Another example of where I've seen this characteristic manifest itself was in the presidential election. I've never ever seen so much division in a selection process of finding someone who's supposed to hold the country together. Uh, I mean, I remember reading so many heated arguments about complex topics ranging from foreign policy to economy, to the economy, not between the presidential candidates themselves, but then on, by the users of Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And all of the stances that these people took were not based on facts, but the opinions that were built on whatever they believed was true or untrue. Right then I thought whether America was really one country or two countries, the Republicans and the Democrats. I would understand that the situation changed after the election, but what surprised me even more was the request of 18 states to be removed from America. I mean, 
With the passion that each person stands by their opinion, it causes division sometimes. We tend to forget that the person with a different opinion is still our brother. It, these reasons hold so much burden in my heart only because back home, everybody wants their country to be America. America represents opportunity, success, and comfort. America is the place that every, every Indian dreams of going. America is really the greatest country. You might not think so, but the millions of people that they help around the world in the midst of a lot of troubles is truly outstanding. Even when I called my mother the other day and told her about the convocation today, she only had good things to say about America. To any country that is de developing, America is the symbol of greatness, and I hope that we can make it better. I hope that in our journeys to our personal goals, we have the compassion to not forget the people on our side. I hope that we can give some time to people, somebody like Derek, somebody, anybody who needs it. Ever since I came to America, I have learned how to handle my time better, how to sleep less, how to become more productive and more efficient. But the more I do this, the less aware I am of the people around me, and I'm, the more aware I am of my own personal goals. And this caused problems with who I was, caused problems with my friends. And a lot of the times, I had to challenge myself to leave my comfort zone, and with my Indian accent, try to give time to more people and sacrifice some of my own. To try and remember that even though we all have different goals, we're still on the same journey. The same way I would like to challenge all of you as well. To leave your comfort zone, as Jan emphasized, I mean, as Jan said, and I would like to emphasize, to try and learn the story of somebody you haven't met yet. I would like you to remember that you're on the same journey as the person next to you, and that we'd be more than, we should be more than able to help anybody else on the way. America is the greatest nation on earth, and it has lasting influences on every other country through the media, clothes, food, everything. And I hope that all of us here, people defined by compassion rather than the pursuit of our own personal goals, will be, make, will be able to make this country even greater. To not only make this country a symbol of greatness, but also a symbol of love. Thank you. Thank you, all four of you guys. Um, ICGC is also hosting a culture cafe. We had one last semester. Um, I know that some of you have attended that. It's just a cafe setting, and we have different um, you know, agendas or issues that we talk about, and then you just switch tables. And it's a walk-in thing, so please feel free to come. It's on March 11th, 12 to 2 p.m. at in the CIIE um, area. And also, uh, the International Student Club is hosting the annual International Student Club Coffee House. Um, that's on March 9th. And there's dinner and a talent show after, and you can uh, get tickets for that at the Welcome Center. Thanks again to our speakers. Hope everyone has a great day. You're dismissed. <laughs>